What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Didn't Ask podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamon, and today I will be diving back into the world of Reddit to see what the people asked Reddit and didn't ask me. How's everybody doing at home or on the go or whatever the hell you listen to this podcast? I hope you are doing well. I hope you are enjoying every moment in life that is given to you. I, for one, like I said last week, started my new job and, you know, some activities are flowing in. So that's fantastic. Earning some money. That's always, of course, a great thing, especially after earning you know, nothing for the last couple of months. Still looking at job offers though. So, you know, we, we got to keep things flowing. We got to keep things flowing. You want to be secure in life. You know, you want to earn as much money as you can in the shortest period of time. And I think that this is going to be the way for me to do that. Okay, well, I will be diving back into the world of Reddit to see what the people ask Reddit and didn't ask me. As always, I have five questions from the Ask Reddit subreddit ready for us to answer. And one question of the Am I the Asshole subreddit. A long one. Just be prepared. I'm going to say it before I read that question out that it's going to be a long one. But I think it's going to be an interesting one. So enough with the introductions. I'm ready to go. Let's jump right into the first question of today. Asked by user GHSDKGB. I assume that this was just a keyboard spam. Which actor crushed the role so hard that nobody else will be able to live up to it? And this question is very interesting because there are multiple ways to look at it because there are certain parts by, done by actors that you know, there isn't really another movie or something like that to compare it to that. But when I saw this question, I immediately thought about Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. Hugh Jackman was Wolverine for such a long time and it is just unimaginable to see him as anything or see Wolverine as anybody else. Like... People have been looking right now, of course, since Hugh Jackman basically hung up the claws, I guess you can say. They have been looking for somebody who can play Wolverine in the new movies. And most people point towards Zac Efron. Possibly because, you know, Zac Efron, hot. He is a hot looking man. But also probably because he, of course, worked with Hugh Jackman on The Greatest Show, uh, Greatest Showman, I should say, sorry. And, you know, they had good chemistry and I feel like Zac Efron basically hits very similar skills and acting abilities as Hugh Jackman did. So I feel like there is an, you know, overlap over there. But still, I feel like there are very little people that actually can perform that role as Wolverine. And again, like I said, he did that role for so long. So I don't really think that any of us know what else, you know, or who else can play that part. Very similar to Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man, of course. Because it was Robert Downey Jr. is basically the only Iron Man we know 
in the grand scheme of things from like a live action movie adaptation. So far, we have not really seen anything else, you know, or anybody else play that part. So it's really hard to imagine anybody else taking that role when we have had Robert Downey Jr. playing Tony Stark for the past 11 years. So for both of those, I think it's got to be really hard to find a replacement. And luckily on the Marvel side, we don't have to have a replacement for Iron Man because, you know, it's the cinematic universe. It's a total, you know, like living world and people die and then other people step in their place. And we know that we're going to get an Iron Heart TV show or Disney Plus series. So she will probably, you know, take that role of Iron Man in, you know, in that way and probably join the Young Avengers in the future when that finally settles down. But for Wolverine, we are fairly certain that we're going to get a new Wolverine for the MCU. So the question is, who is going to play that? And like I said, I don't really think there is anybody that is able to take the role that Hugh Jackman played for so long and then at least not be compared to that. But also just like it's going to be really hard to fill those shoes for the person that is going to go for that role. So yeah, GHSDKGB, which actor crushed a role so hard that nobody else will be able to live up to it? And I have to say Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Partly because he, of course, was Wolverine for such a long time, but also because we saw him basically grow into the role of Wolverine, ending, of course, with Logan, the movie, which was an amazing send-off for Hugh Jackman and basically gave us closure to that character. So it's going to be really hard for anybody else, Zach Evron or you name it, to play Wolverine and live up to the image we have of Hugh Jackman. So, thank you for your question. Moving on to the second question of today. This one was asked by user Gerb P. Pa. What intro to his show was such a banger that you would never skip it? And this is a fun one because I immediately thought about Big Time Rush because when you hear the you of course had to listen and sing all the lyrics with you know with with the song but of course I also thought about Hannah Montana just the hearing the best of both worlds was such a banger so you of course had to listen now, I'm thinking really hard what other show, you know, had a great tune. And I think I have to go with Wizards of Waverly Place. Because it's just the riff of Selena Gomez. So, you know, everything's going to be a breeze when you're going to note that inside me. I don't know the lyrics fully well, but man, that song also fucking slapped. So every time that song came on... You know, you you had to listen to that song. It's so good. And, you know, Selena Gomez, fantastic. 
great a- actress, great performer, great music art- artist. Give me all the Selena Gomez you can offer me world, please. So, yeah, going back to the question asked by Kurp B. Pa, what intro to a show was such a banger that you would never skip it? I think I have to go with one, Big Time Rush, two, Hannah Montana, three, Wizards of Waverly Place. Because those three were all so good. And, you know, like, there are so many good team songs to an, to a show. They're such good leaders, uh, as you would call them, in the business. But those three, to me, really stand out. And, of course, two of the three, you know, are done by the musical act of the show. And then... The third one is, of course, by Selena Gomez, who still is a uh, music performer. So that may be a little bit of a cheat, but, you know, I feel like those three, you know, they, 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 they have to be up there. Now that I think of it, and even though the guy, you know, he got arrested or whatever, fuck, I don't know. But Corey in the house also has a fucking killer theme song. And it's a theme song that I would always sing with. So, you know, I, as a young kid, I would just sit in front of the TV and just yell, Go, Corey! Go, Corey! Go! Listen up! Yo, here we go! I'm a new king! Moving in! Get it done! And, you know, it's such a fun verse. So, yeah, I, I feel like this basically shows that I love when a theme song has, like, a fucking rap verse or something with it. Because, of course, like, the Wizards of Waverly Place have, like, a rap verse... And then uh, Corey in the house, also fantastic rap for us. So I wanted to say three, but it ends up being four. So it's Big Time Rush, Wizards of Waverly Place, Corey in the house, and Hannah Montana. Those four for sure are like top five for me. Like I, the, those are so good that I, you know, I always had to listen to them. And sometimes, especially for me, Corey in the house came on very late at night. So sometimes I would legit basically lay in bed and then see that Corey in the house was starting soon. I would stay up and then watch the intro to Corey in the house and then still go to bed afterwards and then sleep. But man, that song is so good. So thank you, Kurp Pipa, for your question. And going on to the third question of today. This one was asked by user Zeus Dreaming. And they ask, what is a must-watch documentary? And this is a interesting one because I have watched quite a couple documentaries and documentary series, but I like the ones that you know give you an insight in things that you probably didn't have any insight in, but also like answer some questions because we have had many of the you know crime drama documentary shows and. Uh, movies and whatever but the only thing that they do is they basically go through facts and then don't really give you an answer Uh, one of these examples is unsolved mysteries and unsolved mysteries is very cool and i like watching it because it is so spooky and creepy and you're you know you're trying to figure things out for yourself but on the other hand it's very unsatisfying when you watch an hour of the documentary and then still don't have a real answer to what happened. And 
a bigger example, because of course Unsolved Mysteries is called Unsolved Mysteries, so that makes sense. Uh, and different example for this is the, I think it's five or six part series called This is a Robbery. This is a Robbery is about a art theft that happened a couple of years ago where some people broke basically broke into a, an, a museum and then held the people hostage saying this is a robbery and then took some you know art pieces and most of the art pieces have still not been found and this documentary series has like six episodes basically explaining what happened talking to people but like there is no real solution to the problem and that, that you know that kind of sucks so when I saw this question, I was thinking like, oh, what documentary or documentary series really hits hard for me? And two of them are about artists. So I really like Taylor Swift's Miss Americana. It's on Netflix. It is a real insight in, you know, the world of Taylor Swift and how she makes music and how she basically deals with the publicity she has and how she deals with like the example role that she fulfills at first Taylor Swift was very like apolitical she didn't want to do anything with politics but in this documentary series you see basically how she finds a way to be like hey she basically finds her voice so she goes and says like hey I need to say something about this topic because it's ruining my, you know, my, my, my state. It's ruining, you know, the things I believe in. And you hear her, you know, publicists say like, maybe this is not a smart thing to do, yada, yada, yada. But she, you can see that, you know, she's finding herself in this documentary. And it's a really cool documentary. Similar to the documentary Five Foot Two, the documentary about Lady Gaga. And... That documentary as well shows you how Lady Gaga deals with the pressure that she has and how she comes up with ideas and what she's doing in a day-to-day -day basis. And it's such an interesting peek behind the curtain that you wouldn't normally get. So those two are very high on my list of documentary series. And again, it basically answers... A couple of questions like you know like what does taylor think about this or how does stardom work for people that are so front-facing um as they are because they are of course some of the most famous artists in the world today and last but certainly not least i would love to recommend the documentary series the story of god with morgan freeman I am a person that I don't believe in God per se, but I feel like it's very interesting to hear the stories behind all the the mythos and stories that people tell nowadays. And basically, the stories behind religion are so interesting to me that I really gravitated towards this show, The Story of God, where Morgan Freeman basically travels the world to see different cultures and how different cultures treat God differently and of course God being singular or multiple depending on what part of the world you're in and them comparing those two and then visiting 
of religious monuments and I don't know, everything is super interesting and it actually educates people about religion and where religion comes from and how we worship gods and everything else surrounding that. So yeah, that's really interesting to me. Uh, I know it's on Netflix over here. I don't know if it's on Netflix where you are, but those three documentaries, so that would be Taylor Swift, Miss Americana, Lady Gaga, Five Foot Two, and The Story of God with Morgan Freeman. Those three are incredible. And all of them mean something to me in a completely different way. But still, I think all of them are very much worth the watch. So go watch them. Thank you for your question, Sue's Dreaming. Because, yeah, documentaries are super cool and... If you know what you're going to get going in or what to expect going in, they can also like be an amazing way to spend your time because not only are you entertained for a couple of hours, you're also learning about a person or in this case also like a religion or something like that. So thank you for your question. Moving on to the penultimate question of the Ask Reddit subreddit. And this one was asked by user existential underscore dices and they ask what movie has the best soundtrack and this is going to be a very short answer for me the movie that has the best soundtrack has to be spider-man into the spider-verse that soundtrack is so good the rap the r&b you name it everything on that soundtrack is so good and it's an album that I and other people go back to regularly and just listen to to every track that's on there from Post Malone to Nicki Minaj to Jaden Smith. Every song has such a cool feel to it and there is such a specific feel to every song. And every song fits with the movie so well that it is really hard to overlook that soundtrack. Of course, I have to give a shout out to Hamilton because, you know, Hamilton being a musical basically grants it one of the best soundtracks immediately. But like, yeah, the, the soundtrack to Hamilton is fantastic. And still, when the soundtrack pops up somewhere, I immediately start singing with it. I watched In the Heights last week and the song popped up as like a, a like a, a waiting tune for when one of the characters calls and it's so good and so recognizable. So I would say, yeah, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Hamilton both have fantastic soundtracks. Into the Heights as well. I watched that, of course, like I said, last week. It's still not as iconic to me as I want it to be. So I might have to go back and listen to that soundtrack. But for now, I have to go for the question asked by Existential Dices. What movie has the best soundtrack? And it's got to be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Quickly followed up by Hamilton the Musical. Thank you for your question. Moving on to the final question of the Ask Reddit subreddit for today. This one was asked by user Radioactive Broccoli, and they ask, Gamers of Reddit, what's the most aesthetically pleasing game you've ever played? And this is a fun question because 
normally you would ask like what is the best game or what is like the most underrated game or you name it but this one is not really about gameplay it's about just the looks of the game and i have to say that one of the most aesthetically pleasing games i have played is the witness because the witness has a fairly simple art style where it's it's kind of cartoony but also kind of realistic but they work with color so well that like everything is so nicely contrasted but also at the same time blends together very well and it's just such an interesting art style that they use so i really have to say the witness now that i am thinking about that i must be thinking about something else and like i i would say the wolf among us is also like such an interesting art style because of course it's the telltale game it's the telltale art style so it is very comic booky but they use a lot of neon colors in that game which makes everything so cool as well it's awesome to see the fables come to life like the the old tales that you know as a kid like little red riding hood and the three pigs or whatever you want to call them but then seeing that in like a modern day solution or like a modern day art style with like the neon bright neon colors it's really cool so i really have to say that one too and to close everything off i'm gonna have to mention hades because hades has such an awesome and interesting art style too where the animations are fucking fantastic and all the character models are so cool and great to see so yeah i think those are gonna be um, the answers to your question radioactive broccoli gamers of reddit what's the most aesthetically pleasing game you've ever played and i will have to say the witness is one of them the wolf among us is a second and then third and then certainly the third, not the least of these three, has got to be Hades. Because all of them have such a specific art style and they use color so well that you immediately know what game you're playing, basically, when you start that game up. So thank you for your question, Radioactive Broccoli. And now finally, we will visit the MID Asshole subreddit to ask the question asked by user sweaty dash tomato dash two five oh oh this is gonna be a long one like i said at the beginning but it, it, it is an interesting one so let's jump right into the question am i the asshole for not telling my friend's daughter the truth about being a paramedic please don't repost it please don't repost this anywhere also throw away account so apologies for the odd username Honestly, Sweaty Tomato, not really that weird. It's not even the weirdest username I've seen today, so you're totally fine with that. I, a 24-year-old female, spent three years at university training to be a paramedic and have been fully qualified for just under three years. At the university I went to, students spent most of their time on the ambulance, so I've spent a decent amount of time on the road. My mom's friend's daughter... K is 13 and wants to be a paramedic in the future. My mother and I set up a meeting with K and her mother where I can explain how university works, what A-level she should take, the process of applying, etc. 
it was going well and she was really enthusiastic about it. Here's where I may be the asshole. Kay asked me, what's the worst thing you have seen? Any healthcare professional will agree it's a shitty question to be asked, but she's only young and doesn't fully understand what she's asking. So I'm not annoyed or anything. But I kindly told her that I'm not comfortable answering that question and explained that I, it's traumatic to me to discuss things like that and I don't want her hearing this stuff at such a young age. I also said that there are tough and horrific patients you go out to but there's fantastic support within the ambulance service if she ever needs it. Kay gets really disappointed and begs me to tell her. I politely tell her no again. Kay's mom then blows up at me and starts telling me off and saying I'm being cryptic and that I should tell her the truth about the things she could see. My mother is on my side but there's still friction between her and her friend. I feel like I could be the asshole because I'm not being honest about the things she could see on the road and preparing her but I also don't think it's appropriate for me to tell her some really horrific things at my own expense and trauma. Please be honest. I've got myself in the right model here. Thank you. I would say, sweaty tomato, you're not the asshole. You're actually looking out for the, the for Kay in this situation because, like you said, she is very young, and I don't really think that there is any benefit to th- to tell her that. I don't know, the, the worst thing you have seen because I don't really see any benefit to to that personally. And besides that, this is not only about Kay, it's also about you because you said clearly that you don't want to relive the trauma and I fully understand that, especially when you've had the treatment you want or need to get over that trauma in the past so yeah you don't really want to relive that again especially by telling that to someone that doesn't really have any benefit to it so sorry tomato i'm gonna just be very short and simple with you no you're not the asshole you did the great you did a great job the mother of k is a bit of a bitch because she keeps pushing you even after you said hey i don't feel comfortable saying this because this could be at a detriment to Kay, but also because of your own trauma. And of course, I wasn't there, so maybe that that last point didn't get across that that clearly. So maybe if you still have issues with the mother of Kay, maybe just go up to her and say like, hey, I didn't mean to be rude or to be cryptic, but being on the ambulance I've witnessed so many horrible things that I didn't want to tell her right now. Maybe I can tell her in a couple of years, but it's also just really hard for me to relive those things. And it's like a, a war veteran. You're not going to fucking ask a war veteran, like, what's the worst thing you've done in the war? It's like, no, those are things that you want to probably keep secret and, you know, you don't really want to talk about. So Sweaty Tomato... 2500 am i the asshole for not telling my friend's daughter the truth about being a paramedic no you're clearly not the asshole you're trying to protect her whilst also protecting yourself and i think that that's a really good job 
And that shows why you are a paramedic. And that means that you not only care about yourself, but also care about somebody else. So you are clearly not the asshole. Thank you for your question. And that was it for this week's podcast. I hope you had a good time. And I hope to see you back next week. In the meantime, go back and listen to the previous episodes of the Didn't Ask podcast. You can find them on anchor.fm forward slash didn't dash ask dash pod. Or you can find them on basically every podcast service you can find. And just search for the Didn't Ask podcast. And it should pop up very quickly. In the meantime, you can also see what I am watching through tracked.tv. That link will be in the show description as always. And if you want to ask me a question personally, please send your question to anchor.fm forsasdin-ask-pod. There is going to be like a voice recording button where you can ask your question personally to me. If you want to hear your voice on the podcast, that's going to be there too. You know, I'm, I can like splice your question in. But if you don't want to hear your voice or you don't want to have your question read out loud, that's fine too. Just say it at the beginning of the clip. Just say like, hey, this is, you can read this out yourself. And then I'll just make a little blurb from it and then we can still answer your question as I would normally. So this has been it for this week's episode of the Didn't Ask podcast. I hope you had a good time and I will see you guys back next week. Goodbye.